The MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. From boosted same-game parlays to live in-game odds, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today and bet $100 to get $100 at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash WinBet. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. State restrictions do apply. We're also brought to you by the SGPN Big Game Squares Contest. A $1,000 prize pool and completely free to enter. Just go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash squares to enter today. We're also brought to you by the SGPN Big Game Bingo. $57 SGPN gift card for every single bingo hit exclusively in the SGPN app. Howdy ho, DeGenerinos, and welcome to the MMA Gambling Podcast and the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, episode 287 on a race to 300. Uh, this de- Well, it's February, so obviously uh, the episode has to be dedicated to Michael Chandler because it's uh, Michael Chandler month in February. That, that's a deep cut there. My, my co-host got it, which is good. Some of you hardcars will, will get it. So uh, thanks for coming to the show. I am one of your hosts, Jeff Chalks Fox. We've got the UFC back in our lives again this week after leaving us high and dry last week. They're back with kind of a wacky fight night card, which was supposed to be in South Korea, but instead it's in Las Vegas. But they're going to do it on South Korea time anyhow. And the card is packed full of South Korean fighters as well. So uh, it's unique, to say the least. And um, to help me break it down, uh, this episode will be the prelim. So hopefully you all like Road to UFC fighters, because that's what we're going to be. Half the fights are that, more than half the fights are that. So help me break it all down is the expert in all things Road to UFC, Daniel Gumby-Vreeland. Hello. Am I a a Road to the UFC expert? I know we're usually, we usually pile on that I'm like a regional MMA expert or... uh you know, a contender series. I think I did well on road to the UFC, but I, I can't honestly tell you in, in retrospect. It's obscure enough for you to be an expert on it. Don't you think? That's true. Yeah. Although I will say uh, with the exception of the fighters on this one, which now I've gotten a chance to see most of them twice. Uh, Asian MMA tends to be one of the harder ones to like, get your eyes on uh, both because yeah. of the time difference. And because there's so few like American broadcast deals or streaming deals uh, with American companies for those Asian promotions. So uh, yeah. I'm, I'm not usually all that great at it, but these guys have all seen enough uh, that I, I actually feel pretty good about these picks. Good. I sh- I've seen them all at least twice, too. So you would think I would remember some of them, right? <laughs> think so, but I, I, th- I think I remember some of them. I, I... The, the the guy that likes to smoke cigs isn't in it, unfortunately. That, that's no, Top Noy. That's the guy I remember the most. <laughs> although we're going to talk a little bit about Top Noy today. I, in fact, I guarantee it. Oh, wow. There's your guarantee right at the top of the show. It's okay. a Top Noy Kiwam guarantee. <laughs> there we go. And we got a name for the episode now. Gumby is coming through. He's always on call to record whenever I um, have a free time. And now he's coming up with names of our episodes. Top Noy. What's his last name again? Ki- Kiwam. Kiwam. Right. I remember him. Uh all right, so there you go, your top top noy key wrong guarantee. So no one is tuning out now after after hearing that, right? No. We're probably the only podcast in the known universe with a top noy kiwam guarantee. It's true. It's true. But I I'm expecting some graphics made up for this, Gumby. Uh, <laughs> the top noy key kiwam, and I I um, expect a cigarette photoshopped into his uh, mouth and maybe. <laughs> you don't a need to photoshop it. There, it's there's, true. 
Just Google image that shit. <laughs> Maybe a pack, pack of cigs uh, rolled up in his sleeve or something like that, you know. Um, all right. We should probably crack into it, uh, into all the fun. But first, I'm going to tell you about our f- lovely friends at WinBet that keep us in your ear holes every, I want to say every week, but four times a week. How about uh, WinBet is the official online sports book of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. WinBet is active in a bunch of states. There are tons of ways to win, ways to win, excuse me, including live betting and the same game parlays, aka WinBet's Build Your Own Bet. Plus, the big game is here, and WinBet has you covered. Great promos, odds, and payouts are happening right now at WinBet. Ready to play? Sign up today to receive a special offer. Bet $100, get $100. Limited to state availability. And, of course, if you hit the biggest long shot parlay of the week, you get a $1,000 free credit. There's so much to choose from, and all you have to do is head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash winbet so they know we sent you. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. Offer subject to change. Terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 or older and present in the state where playthrough winbet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Plus, we have the Big Game Squares Contest. SGPN is giving away $1,000 in their Big Game Squares Contest. It's completely free to enter. All you have to do is follow the Sports Gambling Podcast on Spotify and give them a rating. Then go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash squares to enter for your chance to win a free Big Game Square. I assume the squares are for the tonight's Suns Atlanta Hawks game, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is that the big game we're talking or about? The, or the canceled uh, Detroit Pistons game? Did you see Why that is they it had? No. You, you, you didn't okay. see that the Pistons had to cancel tonight because of too much uh, ice? Oh, God. That's, that's yeah, a Canadian it, thing. And, and they people got, bang on Canada, but come on. They, they got iced out, uh, which wow. is pretty wild. Yes. They are pretty icy shooting too detroit has been bad for many many hey, years hey look at hey, this guy <laughs> this is not a detroit pistons podcast it's a dad joke podcast and and here you are all right we're gonna get into ufc fight night lewis versus spivak before someone comes and interrupts me lewis versus spivak aka ufc vegas 68 is what uh, i'm calling it in the articles i put on the sports podcast.com it is going down february 4th ufc apex in Enterprise, Nevada, not Las Vegas, remember, Enterprise, it's 10 p.m. <laughs> the prelims are starting, 10 p.m. <laughs> Eastern time. Um, like I said, this was supposed to be in South Korea. Why did they move it? Were they expecting Korean Zombie to fight on it? Is that what happened? Yeah, my, my understanding is that uh, Korean Zombie was supposed to be main eventing. And from what I can piece together based on some some tweets I saw and stuff like that and couple of people i know in the industry it seems like giga chikadze was supposed to be his opponent um giga is still good to go so i'm assuming it meant kz couldn't fight and as a result they didn't have a korean headliner um and i think they kind of learned that like if we're gonna go somewhere we're gonna travel this far like loading up the card with korean dudes is helpful uh having a headliner that's a korean guy is probably even more helpful because i think they kind of learned their lesson with um who is it that that the two heavyweight guys uh, main evented the China card. I know one of them was, was it one of them was Curtis Blades? It's Curtis was Blades it not, versus. Um, is it Derek Lewis? Curtis Blades? Maybe I was thinking of Russian, but perhaps you're right. I, I'm almost I'm almost positive Curtis Blades yeah. main evented the China card, and I think they were like, okay, well we put a lot of Chinese guys on the card, but I don't think this. Uh, it was Francis Ngannou. I don't know how I forgot oh, okay. that. Francis yeah. Ngannou, not Francis Ngannou, Curtis Blades. So I feel like they didn't get the highest level of hype out of two just absolute beasts at heavyweight, and now they're like, let's make sure if we're going somewhere, we're headlining with people who uh, who, who the locals will know. Yep. 
So in, instead, they're back to the UFC Apex. Their their fallback plan is there. Uh, we've got seven fights on the prelims. Oh, the big thing about this card is since it's starting out at wacky time and stuff, we're like, ah, uh, we may as well let Laura Sanko do some color commentary. Give her give her a crappy gig, even though she deserves to be on every broadcast of theirs. I mean, I I think that's maybe some of it, but I will also say I think some of it is that her familiarity with the road to the UFC right, guys, right, 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 yeah, because she did all of those with Gooden, um, and it would have been nice to get Gooden on there too, but uh, yeah. you know, alas, he he only does British cards for the most yeah. part. I was joking anyhow, but it is good to see her here. Hopefully, um, she takes over for Daniel Cormier going, going <laughs> per- forward, or, or Dominic Cruz, <laughs> or yeah, Cruz, other I, I would I would rather she replace Cruz. I'm not okay. a Cruz guy. Hey. <laughs> I, I won't fight you on that for sure. All right, let's start off with flyweights here. Tatsuru, Tatsuru, I should know how to say that properly since he's a stud. Tatsuru, Tyra versus our Lord and Savior, Jesus Santos Aguiar. I believe that's his nickname. No, actually, he has no nickname. Sorry, he's not Lord and Savior. Um, like I said, this is flyweights. We're going to start off with Aguiar, 8-1 and one with six submissions. He's been submitted one time. This is his UFC debut. He's won eight straight fights, including one on the Contender Series, which he won via submission. He's not lost a fight since August of 2015. He was a regional champ, plus 740. How's that for a welcome to the UFC <laughs> number for him? Tyra, 12-0, three knockouts, six submissions, 2-0 in the UFC, won his last one via submission, was a regional champ, minus 1,300. Um, go ahead, Dan. Man, do I not like ever saying I like negative 1,300. But in this case, I think I'm going to take the negative 1,300. Uh yeah, the the bottom line is is like yeah. At the end of the day, who in their right mind wants to place negative thirteen hundred? But in the same token, part of the issue here is that Tyra is so good at grappling, right? Like that's his forte. He's really decent on the feet, like good enough to hold his own. And you you put him up against a guy who pretty much relies on grappling as his way to win. Like if you look right. back, not just at at his contender series fight, but all of his fights, Aguilar, like, kind of needs the fight on the ground or is kind of fish out of water on the feet. And I don't even think he's the better grappler here. And in addition to that, his takedown defense is kind of brutal. I think it comes from the fact that, like, he just jumps guillotines a lot and he kind of, like, lets the takedown happen because he wants to be on the mat anyway. And I think Aguilar on his back is just, like, I mean, it's not going to work against Tyra. So, yeah, give me Tetsuya Tyra, uh, even if it's negative 1,300. Yeah, he, he may be able to walk on water, but he's not going to beat Tetsuya Tyra because Tyra is too good. So, uh, not much breakdown needed here. Tyra is our pick, minus 1,300. You're not going to tell me it's – you're not going to interrupt saying, no, 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 it's not that, Jesus. You're just going to let me go on with my joke? I, I mean, like, yeah, and I'm not even going to chuckle at it. It's a sh- you're not even going to chuckle at it. Wow, you've, you've changed your ways. That's so so uh, unusual for you. All right, let's move on to turtles then. We'll see if we have any turtle jokes in the chamber here. Middleweights, John Young Park versus Dennis Tui Louis Lin, one of the funnest names to say. Tui Louis Lin, 11-6, nine knockouts. One, He's been knocked out once, submitted three times, one-on-one in the UFC. He's got a loss, win, loss, win over his last four fights. He did win his last fight via TKO. He used to fight at lightweight, used to fight at welterweight. 2013 Pro MMA debut. He's three inches taller than Park, four inches reach on him, so he's going to be uh, the bigger man here for sure. He's more active landing strikes than Park is, uh, and he, he has outstruck his UFC opponents by 0.12 strikes per minute, so basically a push there. The Iron Turtle, Park, 15-5, five, five knockouts, four submissions. He's been knocked out once, submitted twice. Five and two in the UFC. He's won two straight, uh, via, last one via submission, was a regional champion, used to fight at welterweight as well. He also made his pro debut in 2013. He's three years younger than Tui Louis Lin. 
better striking stats, better grappling stats. He's also outstruck his UFC opponents by over a strike a minute, 1.07 strikes per minute, minus 215. I can't pass on an iron turtle here. Uh, plus, um, he's just the better fighter all around. Striking, grappling, whatever. Whatever you want, he's better. He's also younger. So give me Jean Young Park. Yeah, I kind of agree with you. He he just seems like he's better in every facet. Like, uh, you know, you, you go back, his only loss in his last six fights is RoboCop, um, who, who, you know, is, is dangerous all the time, um, you know, regardless of whether or not he just got caught. And the the other thing I really like about Jung Young Park here is that his grappling is held up really well uh, in his UFC tenure. Like, uh, he, he basically manhandled Ugly Man Joe on the mat in his last fight. You know, he, he held his own with Eric Anders, despite the fact he gave up a couple of takedowns. You know, he got back up. He reversed the position. He looked really good there. He took on Tafon Chukwi with pretty much no problem. Like, th- this is a guy who has looked pretty good when he needs to take it to the ground. And while Toy Lewin is a uh, Russian guy and we automatically are like, oh, he must be a beast wrestler. He's actually not. He's like not that good when it comes to grappling. Like I, I've been largely underwhelmed. Um, if you look back at a lot of his losses, and I'm not just talking about the one to Kizriev in his UFC debut, a lot of his losses are like rear naked choke losses or ground and pound losses, or he just got taken down a hundred times. Um, he got Kimura'd by uh, Aliskarov, which I mean, I guess maybe you don't put too much stock in that because that dude's a beast. But um, you know, like he he just in general has been beaten in the grappling before. And like I said before, I, I don't even know that he's the better. I don't even know that he's the better striker. So yeah, of course, give me the iron turtle here. Even at the, you know, that, that seems like a big price tag for that one too, right? To be so sure on him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he, yeah, he doesn't look like a turtle when he's on his back. He, he gets back up, right? There's a, yeah, there's a yeah, turtle there, joke. There, there you go. We got a joke, a joke of fight. Doesn't just flail around. I'll joke a fight. I don't know if I can keep that up. That is not a guarantee. (laughs) That's not not a guarantee like Dan did off top. All right, let's move to women's flyweights. Ji Yeon Kim versus Mandy Bohm. I will tell you about a Bohm first monster. She is a monster. She's seven and two, two knockouts, two submissions, never been finished in a fight. She's 0 and 2 in the UFC. She's not won a fight since October 2020. She was one no in Bellator, was a regional champion. Striking stats are better than Kim's. Grappling, uh, sorry. Uh, she's been outstruck, though, uh, over her two UFC fights by 1.27 strikes per minute. Um, she also is a pro grappler, plus 215. Fire Fist, Kim, 9-6-2. and, six and two, two knockouts, three submissions, never been finished in a fight. 3-6 and six in the UFC. Ouch. She's lost four straight fights and only won one of her last six. She's not won a fight since October 2019. So someone's going to snap a big slump here. Uh, used to fight up at Bantamweight. Has missed, missed weight twice at Flyweight. Multiple regional championships on her. Mandel. Correct. 2013 pro MMA debut. An inch of reach on Bohm. Twice more active landing strikes. She's barely outstruck her UFC competition. 0.02 strikes per minute. She's outstruck her competition. Minus 270. And it's you. Yeah, I- I'm going to go with Ji-Yong Kim. Um, you know, I like get, it, it never feels good to take somebody on a four fight losing streak, but he, here's the thing is like a lot of those fights are super close. Um, you know, you go back and you look at, you know, like the Priscilla Cachoeira fight. Like, I, I don't think, I don't think anybody thought she lost to that Priscilla Cachoeira fight. She largely won based on volume and yet somehow, 
Uh, Adelaide Byrd and Sal Diamato and Mike Bell uh, came together to give a unanimous decision to Cachoeira. Um, and if you actually look and go back to MMA decisions, the only person who has it for Cachoeira uh, happens to work for Sherdog. Um, and like you could say, you know, some of the other fights she was in were really close. I'm not out here saying that she's a world beater, but I'm out here saying that like her volume is enough to get her by in a lot of fights. You know, she landed 170 punches on Priscilla Cachoeira. She landed 122 on Molly McCann. I mean, like, she basically went punch for punch with Alexa Grasso, which is, you know, nothing to, to shake a stick at. So you got Mandy Bohm here, who has some of the all-time lowest output in, like, women's flyweight history. Like, she just, like, she, she refuses to pull the trigger and just doesn't land when she does. And... In addition to that, like, I don't think Gian Kim is, is going to go for a takedown. In fact, I don't think she's ever hit a takedown. But I do think she could if she wanted to because Mandy Bohm's takedown defense is that bad. So, yeah, I, I hate going, you know, favorite, favorite, favorite right off the, the bat. But I, I think I like Gian Kim here. Yep, I will be taking her as well. I, I was I dug into the numbers a bit to see if there was anything worth um throwing my hat into the ring of bomb but there really isn't so you know and and i in in the same token i went back and i watched like some of her fights before um she she made it to the ufc because i was like maybe maybe I'll, I'll feel better about her in a second and like i watched her fight back in bellator she fought this uh this belgian woman named greet Akehouse, who was actually going to be on uh pfl challenger series and, and in that fight again it was just like the same shit it's just like it looked like she didn't want to, it looked like she didn't want to land. It, she was just there to make sure she didn't get hit. And I think that's such a, just like a terrible game plan against GE on Kim. Yep. Firefest will hopefully get back on the winning track this week. Um, thanks to us throwing our hat in her ring. All right. Uh, all we got for the rest of the show, our road to UFC fights. Don't turn off though. Honestly, it, it'll be good. Um, all right. Uh, what do we got first? We got the flyweights. Seung Guk Choi versus Hyung Sung Park. And like I said, it's the flyweight final. So are, are both these guys, this is an official UFC fight, right? It's three rounds and all that jazz. So like, yes, technically in the UFC already, right? I believe this counts as a regular UFC fight. That was, I believe the plan all along. It, it just kind of feels like this is the ultimate fighter without the house is the best way to think of it. Yeah. Um, the, and, the nonsense, and, yes. yeah. And so the finals is always in right. the UFC. So I, I think yeah. that's what we're doing here too. There, listen, Gumby, he, he always clarifies things perfectly. All right. Uh, I'm going to tell you about Choi first. He's six and one with two knockouts, never been finished in a fight. He won both of his road to UFC fights as most of these people did. He's won five straight fights. He's one year younger than park. He outstruck his, we, we do have stats because the, these were fought in the octagon. He f- outstruck his road to UFC opponents by 0.3 strikes per minute. So barely um, plus 165 park. Do you know his nickname, Dan? Is he the one who is a uh, peace of mind? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Peace of mind. Fantastic. <laughs> there's, there's some good ones in there. <laughs> yep. He is seven and oh, three knockouts, three submissions. He went two and oh on the road to UFC. He's won six straight fights via finish. He's regional champion. Also a pro kickboxer. He's inch taller than Choi. Two inches reach on him. He over the over the two fights they've had, uh, he was almost two times more active landing strikes. Somehow he's even. He's one of these guys that have an even strike differential. He's got hit as many as often as he dished out blows on the road to UFC. So he's at plus or minus 0.0. Uh, his grappling stats are better than Choi's based on those fights as well. Minus 200. 
chalk again uh not gonna be as chalky as as we move along but yeah uh park is uh my recollection he is better than Choi here um so i will uh and, and he's a massive finisher so i will take him yeah i'm actually gonna go the opposite way for okay. exactly the reason you said uh ah. is that is that he had you're right he has gone out there and he's finished everybody he's fought, right? He, he finished uh, Senegar and he finished Top Noi Ki Ram. Uh, there you go. There you go. Your guarantee is right there. All right. <laughs> um, but here's the problem is that most of the guys he's fought um, are either terrible, just like just god awful. Like some of the guys he's fought are god awful or on the other side of things have a massive hole, right? Top Noi Ki Ram. Watch your mouth. <laughs> Top Noiki Ram is a a very 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 good striker, right? Like we know him to be good at Muay Thai and to be particularly good in the clinch and and all that. You know, you know got good low kicks, but he's a bad grappler. You know, like he almost lost to Yuma Horuchi, who is you know largely sees himself as a striker too in the first round of this tournament, and then in the second round, we we went and saw we we, we went and saw Park shoot that takedown. And not get it on Topnoy. Topnoy stuffed his takedown to start. And then he transitioned to the back with like a back, you know, like hold. And then he jumped on for a rear naked choke. So I think we're seeing him regularly go out and finish these people who have major deficiencies in their game. You like that? I said deficiencies instead of holes a second time. So it didn't give yeah, you something yeah. like that. No fun. No fun. <laughs> yeah. So in this case, I think he's been going out and finishing guys who have massive deficiencies in their game. Whereas Sungkook Choi is putting in a like full 15 minute performance. And I think when you put two guys who are pretty close in terms of skill head to head, I like the guy who's putting the whole game together and, and not for anything. Sunko Choi looked really good in those fights. He's got good feints. He's really patient on the feet. I love his double leg takedown. He uses it really good and at like really opportune points in the round. And his positioning from a jujitsu standpoint is really excellent. He doesn't do things like just leap to the back, hoping that he'll be able to sink in his hooks once he gets there. He has very smart positioning. He doesn't let people get up. And he, like, just works them over on the mat. So I actually think Sungkook Choi is going to take this one and uh, provide us our first upset of the night. All right, fine. I didn't pay attention because you're going against me. So that's when, that's when <laughs> I, tune, I tune out when, you, uh, when you're going to say things that'll wreck my confidence with my pick. So all right. <laughs> let's move up. Shall we move up? We shall move up. Banner weights. Toshiomi Kazama versus Rinya Nakamura. And I, I, as I told you, this one is that bad. I'm going to tell you about Kazama first. 10 and 2, three knockouts, five submissions. He's been knocked out one time, one no in road to UFC. So he got a bye in the first round, or his opponent didn't make the fight, right? Uh, his In his second fight. Oh, his second, actually, okay. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure he, fought, if I remember correctly, he fought his first one. And then I think it was Minwoo Kim missed weight. Uh, and so that just gave him a free pass to the finals. Okay, doke. So yes, he did win his last fight. Uh, he used to fight at featherweight. He's got an inch of reach, and he's two years younger than Nakamura. He's outstruck his his one fight uh, technically in the octagon uh, by he out as I'm trying to spit this out. Plus, point two is his strike differential, so he outstruck. He barely outstruck his his one opponent there. Plus three three five. All right, let's see if I can make it through Nakamura without uh, botching at all. He's six and zero, oh, four knockouts, one submission, two and zero oh on the road to UFC. He's a wrestling champion. I think that's fair to say. He's a uh, world-class level wrestling champ. He's four and a half times more active landing strikes than Kazama was. He outstruck his two UFC opponents by 4.18 strikes per minute. Grappling stats in his favor, minus 445. 
he's a guy I remember. Yeah, I mean, he's great. Um, you know, like he, he, he was going to most likely, and, and again, I'm, I'm not, uh, uh, amateur wrestling expert here, but uh, from my understanding is he was most likely going to qualify for the 2020 summer Olympics. And then when they got delayed, he was just like, screw it. I'm going to go fight MMA. Uh, and I'm going to give up my, um, wrestling pursuits. He was a U23 world champ which is, by the way, the same thing Bo Nickel did. He won a U23 World Championship. Now, granted, we don't know what he would have looked like in NCAA wrestling and whether or not he would have been able to like deal with the gauntlet of, of you know, being a uh, NCAA three-time champ or whatever the hell Bo Nickel is. So I'm not saying he's Bo Nickel-esque, but I'm saying he has very high-level wrestling. And you're going to put him in there with a guy uh, in Kazama who – he shot 13 takedowns in his road to the UFC fight. He like basically was like, I'm desperate to get this fight to the ground. And he scored two of those 13 um, and not even against a particularly good wrestler. So like, I think the fact that Kazama wanted to wrestle the whole fight, first of all, is an alarm here. Cause he's not going to want to wrestle here. So like he landed 1.67 strikes per minute in that fight. You know, he landed 25 punches in a grand total of 15 minutes. So like it, this guy doesn't know how to put the output together on the, the feet. And I, I think he's just going to get blasted with a double leg takedown. He's going to be screwed in this fight. So yeah, th- this is probably one of the easiest picks on the whole card. Give me Nakamura. Yeah. Give me the world-class wrestler who can also crack a bit. Definitely. So <laughs> yeah, um, right. <laughs> yeah. He's yeah. He's got power and he can wrestle you. So yeah, he's, he could have a future here. So we'll see how he does on Saturday. We were both picking him for sure. All right. Um, what are we up to now? Featherweights? Yes. Jiang Yong Lee versus Yi Jia. And as I said, Featherweight, and we'll tell you about Jia first. 21 and 3. I guess Yi is his last name, so we'll tell you about Yi first. 21 and 3. 6 knockouts, 10 submissions. Or is his last name Jia? Now, now I'm confusing myself, Dan. Jia Yi. Yeah, it so depends, on where, Jia. It depends has, on where you're looking at it, man. His family name <laughs> is Jia. Okay, so we'll go with Jia. Uh, he's 21 and 3, six knockouts, 10 submissions. He's been knocked out once, submitted once. 2 and 0 on the road to UFC. He's won three straight fights. He's fight at lightweight, two years younger than Lee. He outstruck his uh, road to opponents by 0.29 strikes per minute. His grappling stats are better than Lee's based on those fights, plus 205. The Korean Tiger, Lee, 9 and 1, four knockouts, three submissions. Never been finished in a fight. 2-0 and on the road to UFC. He's won six straight fights, last three via finish. He's not lost since June of 2017. Was a regional champion. Three inches of height, three inches of reach on Ja. He's 4.3 times more active landing strikes um, than Ja was. He outstruck his two road to opponents by 6.15 strikes per minute. A hefty number. Minus 255. A hefty number there as well. Um, chalk again. Um, better striker. Way bigger. Hasn't lost in, what, um, five and a half years? Give me Lee. So I, I'm going to go with Zayi here. Uh, I, I actually love the underdog play. So, you know, those stats are a tad bit misleading. So I, I want to start there. You know, you said he outstruck his opponents by six strikes per minute. Uh, that's easy to do uh, when, <laughs> yeah. when when you've landed 14 total strikes ever. Um, <laughs> right? So he, his fight... He's a finisher. Uh, but again, he's a finisher against you know, Shea Bin, who, who was on contender series and looked pretty bad in Lukai, who I, if I'm correct, I, I don't believe Kai Lu is, is one since then. He he's, I don't know if he's necessarily fought, but I, I know that he hasn't looked good in the recent past, even if you include before he lost, um, like, like he has 
he fought a lower level of competition. And in addition to that, he gave up a takedown to Ben Shea. Um, and, and that, to me, is worrisome because I think Zayi is kind of a sleeper when it comes to his wrestling game. He, he is particularly tenacious in the way that he pushes through double legs. Um, he's got lots of in and out movement, which makes him hard to hit. And when he hits that double leg, even if he doesn't get it on the first bit, he keeps running in. Now, the, the thing I will say that does make him that, that plus 200 underdog is that sometimes when he gets cracked with something, he'll run forward and like throw a Superman punch and like a seven punch combo. But like, man, like I really do think that his jujitsu is sharp. I think everything he does has got the ability to beat uh Jong Young Lee here. And the other thing I will say about Jong Young Lee is like Jong Young Lee only won that first fight in the the road to the UFC by getting brutally taken down and then like just throwing up a triangle or throwing up an arm bar really quick on Ben Shea. Uh and I don't think you're gonna have that kind of luck against a guy who is first of all more used to being on the ground and has better jujitsu. So um, for my second dog on, on Road to the UFC, I, I like Zayi here. All right, go against me at your peril, but uh, Gumby sounds good when he says these things. Someone, uh, <laughs> did you see that you were compared to uh, Laura Sanko in the uh, in our Discord the other day? That's honorable. I, I appreciate that. <laughs> it is. I said UFC, but it better not steal my Gumby away. Um, <laughs> all right, what, what should we move on to? Main event time of the prelims, lightweights. Jekka Saraji. Uh, so close. Sar- Saragi. Saragi versus Anshul Jubli. I'm good with the uh, Japanese names. Um, not so much with the other ones. All right. Saragi. Uh, do you remember his other name, Dan? Saragi. No, I don't. See Tenda Jan Mout. Sure. Yep. He's 13 and 2, Saragi. Uh, after that pause, eight knockouts, four submissions. <laughs> He's been submitted twice. Uh, so both of his losses have come via submission. Two and on the road to UFC, both of them via knockout. Dan's going to tell us how that's bad, probably. Um, he's won five straight fights. He's not lost since February of 2020. Was a regional champ. Striking stats better than Jubilee. Grappling stats better than Jubilee. He outstruck his UFC opponents by, well, technically UFC opponents by 1.93 strikes per minute. That's probably a bad thing, too, right? Plus 100. Uh, Jubilee, King of Lions. That's not a bad thing. He's 6-0, one knockout, one submission, 1-0 on the road to UFC. He's four inches taller than Sergi. He been, was outstruck in his road to UFC uh, performance by 0.2 strikes per minute, minus 120. Over to you. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to take Jubilee here. I'm going to go chalk. Um, I, I think when it comes down to it, I think he's got a more complete game plan. I, I know that... You know, if you just look at that road to the UFC fight, he he fought Kyung Pyo Kim, who is a, you know, Kyung Pyo Kim is a really good wrestler. Um, and we've seen him be a really good wrestler more than once in the road to UFC. And and obviously, you know, before when he was fighting for UAE Warriors, uh, I think he fought for Shudo too, if I remember correctly. But Jubilee is a really good wrestler in his own right. Jubilee, you know, great arm triangle. You know, he comes from a wrestling background. Like, I think he has a really good chance of just grounding him out here. And, you know, like, again, I know it's it's like always really tempting to just like see a guy with a couple of knockouts in a row and be like, oh, yeah, he's you know, he's got crazy knockout power. And he does. But like, if you also look way back in his record, you know, apart from his last couple of fights, like he has been a guy who feels like he needs to go to the ground. He's got a whole lot of rear naked chokes. Um, He's a guy who tries to get grounded pound victories. And he's like, for some reason, gone away from that. And it's probably because. 
you know, he's he's not got a deep wrestling base that's particularly good. So I, I think Jubilee is kind of going to expose that fact here and uh, and win this fight. Give me the knockout man at plus one hundred. <laughs> so there you go. We're we're uh, we're differing. To you just got you had guys. You had guys who spend no time in the cage. Yes, apparently. Yes. <laughs> yes. You're not paid by the minute, people. I got good news for you. Derek Lewis is on this card. <laughs> oh, you just wait. That's tomorrow's show. You just wait. All right. We've already broken down that fight, but we'll break it down again. All right. Th- let's recap what we got here before we bid you farewell. Um, oh, I put you down for the correct pick, Sergi, but no, you're picking Jubilee. All right. I have Sergi. He has Jubilee. He has Ja. I have Lee. We both have Nakamura. Uh, we. I have Park. He has Choi. We both have Kim. Um, do you have the Iron Turtle? Yes. Yeah, we Iron both Turtle. took Iron yeah. Turtle. We both have Iron Turtle, the other Park, and we both have Tyra. Correct? Yeah, so we basically agreed on uh, only the non-Road to the UFC fights and Rinya Nakamura because he's Rinya yeah. Nakamura. Exactly. Uh, but then we we couldn't get on the same page in any Road to the UFC fight. Well, Gumby is smarter, but I, I tend to hit my picks somehow. So we shall see. We shall see what happens. Um, all right. We'll be back tomorrow, Thursday, with our main card breakdown. Five fights, uh, including Derek Lewis. So that will that's always a fun time. We got two actually chunky guy fights on the card so uh they're they're stacking it for us one one chunkier than others oh yes the one fight is very chunky that we're gonna talk about tomorrow we've seemed to have we seem to gone away from the chunky thing i don't know if the fighters are in better shape now or what's going on but we have not had um a whole lot of chunky they keep signing they keep signing heavyweights that look like jelton almeida (laughs) yeah and i just said a whole lot of chunkiness going on which would be a good name for an episode but if i can squeeze it in tomorrow so we shall see uh, these things have to be natural though. So I yeah, will just have to see if I remember to say it. All right. Um, hopefully you enjoyed the prelims. We're back breaking down UFC fights. All them. There's some maniacs in our discard. If you want to get in there, sports slash discard who actually bet on Bellator. There's been a lot of Bellator talk <laughs> in there. So if you want to go in there and, and, uh, and fix that and talk about, I even, other Bellator. I even dropped a, I even dropped a bonus Bellator pick. That's how good I feel about this Bellator yep. card. Yep. <laughs> if you are into Bellator, go back an episode. Cause we did break down the Bellator, the Bellator for you. Um, told you about the discard, uh, SGPN MMA is us on Twitter. Gumby runs that he's a Gumby Vreeland. I'm a Jeff Fox writer. You can also listen to his other podcast, Top Turtle MMA. I haven't seen it come in my feed yet this week. Is it dropped yet? Uh, it'll drop uh, probably before this does. So uh, it, it'll be, you know, one in one A here. You'll you'll hear both at the same time if you want to. Great. Uh, you got your priorities uh, straight. That's good. Um, who are we going to hear on the Top oh, Turtle? Oh, uh, yeah. Today we're going or this uh, week we're going to talk to Parker Porter, who's not fighting this weekend, uh, but he will be. Uh, fighting the following weekend down in Perth. Uh, and then we're talking to Kyle the Monster Nelson, who's fighting Doohoo Choi, who we'll talk about uh, on tomorrow's episode. Fantastic. And read all our stuff, sportsgamblingpodcast.com. And get into my disc, uh, my, my Discord, get into my sub stack, and at the very least, enter my free pick'em contest so you can win stuff. It would be moneymma.substack.com. That is it. We'll be back tomorrow. Um, until we return, I will remain the Iron Turtle, Jeff Fox. Uh, Gumby will remain the Laura Sanko of our podcast, um, and we will talk to you tomorrow. Bye.